Octavia and her new elven companion, Carhoon, approach a camp of poisonous, frog-like grungs. What is in Carhoon's pack that is so important? Will the grungs' poison spell the end for our heroes? And will Gwyneth be able to fight a monster that is so dang adorable? Welcome to Me, My Spouse, and a Die. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I am Gwyneth, your resident Asimar, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. If you like what you hear in the next hour, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcast app. Really, the best way for us to grow right now is by you sharing us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us. It can be D&D, it can be Pathfinder, doesn't matter. Or any of your nerdy friends you think might be interested. Or honestly, share us with those non-nerdy friends you've been trying to convince to play D&D for ages. I am really excited about pizza. Oh my gosh. I haven't had pizza in so long. Papa John's is my favorite pizza. I know there might be people who have differing uh, opinions about Papa John's. That is fine. As far as I, I, as far as product goes, oh my gosh, I love Papa John's pizza so much. I was going to say, of all the things we could say to the internet, I feel like pizza preference is probably pretty con- controversial. It is. So I'm gonna. I feel like we're gonna a bunch of people who are gonna be like Papa John's is like cardboard, um, which is entirely possible. I mean, that's true. That they are more than entitled to their opinion, and that is totally that, fine. And that will I've, not at all change my opinion. And the in my opinion being, I love Papa John's. I was gonna say I have bad experiences with pizza. Their stuff is trash. Fight me. Uh, Domino's <laughs> is not much better. I like Papa John's. Papa John's is solid. And all of the, like, local pizza places that I've been to, they're, ah, like, they're just, they're just not great. I mean, so, we had that one barb chicken from that one local place. Do you remember what it was called? Lil Nippers. Yeah, Lil Nippers. But it was so greasy. Like, and it's just like the convenience of having the Papa John's app, too. I mean, it's like, what is your address? Bloop. What is the previous order that you ordered? Do you want to order it again? And we're like, yeah. Bloop. Yeah, like if I was given any choice of any pizza, like a good piece of genuine, like Chicago style deep dish pizza is the way to go for me. But barring that, because we do not live in Chicago. That is true. uh, I say Papa John's, like, sometimes Sometimes I do feel guilty, like, oh, my favorite pizza is a chain. That's like saying your favorite restaurant is, like, McDonald's or something. But I gotta say, it, their pizza's pretty good. I uh, like it. I so. mean, I would have to more than agree. I So, if pizza. you disagree with us on, on pizza preference, please don't let that affect your rating. <laughs> and, and go ahead and give us five stars anyway. And don't email sure us if you don't like Papa John's. That's fine. Like Domino's, that's fine. fine. We can all be pizza pacifists here. Yeah, I think we can all just agree that pizza is a wonderful food. Ah, Yeah, universally, it's kind of like the olive branch in symbology. It's basically, it should be pizza. 
It's a pizza branch. <laughs> People are allowed to enjoy their pizza from whatever establishment they choose. And I feel like there shouldn't be any judgment as far as where you get your delicious pizza Oh, from. that delicious, delicious so. are. I'm like, yeah. So, do we want to get into the adventure? I think that it would be very good to get into the adventure. All right. I've got my phone in front of me for when they call. Okay. They are currently baking. Hey! Uh, <laughs> Hope. So thank you, Papa Track. Um, <laughs> it is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty accurate. From what I mean, it's but true, anyway. but still. <laughs> so you, you and your elfin companion. Yes, elven sir. companion. Carhoon Osirius. Uh, this, this giant muscly elf. You guys are sneaking towards a camp of grungs. Yes. Which are small frog-like people with poisonous skin. Okay. Uh, who have, from what you, from what you've heard, have stolen Carhoon's backpack. Mm-hmm. It's his travel pack that, mm-hmm. within which is some item you are not sure what. It's a present it is for me! It's very important to him that he has traveled very far to bring to you. So, yes. as we last left off, three of the grungs had gone to the lake, Lake Ansel, to uh, submerse themselves, to rehydrate their skin. The other two had remained in the camp. Uh, one of them had gone into the tent that seemed to be belonging to the leader, and one is remaining around the campfire. Now, this, this grung camp is... It's sort of set apart from the other camps of orcs and kobolds and goblins and etc. etc. But it's not super far away. So, you know, if you cause too much of a ruckus that the rest of the the camps could catch wind and catch notice. So, okay. uh, you have just told Carhoon to follow you as sneakily as he can as you have shapeshifted into a cat mm-hmm. to try to infiltrate this camp. So, we come back to you there. You standing in the grasses, the, the sandy, the sandy ground beneath your little toe beans, Aww. as you are padding towards this tent, in which you know is a frog-like creature. Well, so what you doing? I will continue padding with my itty bitty little toe beans towards towards the captain's tent as silently as possible. As you approach. I want both of you to roll a stealth check. Okay. Gwyneth, a.k.a. Octavia, rolled a 17. Okay. And he rolled a 9. Okay, what? Are, sorry, you rolled a 17 and he rolled a 9? No, I rolled a 21. No, sorry, 17, oh, 18, oh. 19, 20. Yeah, 21. He rolled oh. a 9. Yeah, it helps me a cat when your stealth is plus four. Even though Carhoon is maybe not as stealthy as you would like him mm-hmm. to be, uh, you both approach the tent and the uh, the grung at the campfire that you can see does not seem to notice your approach. Okay. So what are you doing? Are you heading toward the campfire? Are you heading toward the tent? What are you doing? Heading towards the tent. Okay. Uh, you make your way toward the tent and you get yourself relatively close to it, and the grung at the campfire, again, does not notice you. How do you proceed? Carhoon is probably, what, 10, 15 feet behind you, sort of crouched and, and crawling behind you. Do we see 
there the entrances to this tent are there just is there just one entrance to this tent yes so there is only one entrance to this tent and it is facing the fire being a cat can i wriggle my way underneath the tent (laughs) and not have to go in through an entrance you probably could since you are little since i have a floating collarbone this is, <laughs> this is true. I think it's floating shoulder blades, actually, but... Oh, shoulder blades? I, I am not 100% sure. I watched the documentary. Oh, you did watch Lion in Our Living Room. <laughs> Without me! Without you. So, yeah, you can you can probably wriggle. Do you, do you stop and turn to and motion to Carhoon with your little paws or something? Correct. I kind of indicate with my tail. It becomes a little periscope, and I'm like... I'm going under here. You might need to go around. Okay, he he is going to stop and wait. Okay. You had sort of told him in words before you shapeshifted that, you know, follow me, and if stuff gets bad, then come in and start killing stuff. But if not, then just, like, wait for me. Yeah. So you walk up to the tent, Mm -hmm. and you begin to wriggle your way under the, the sort of canvas flaps that are staked down that form the edges of this structure. So I'm going to need you to roll another stealth check for me because you you might cause a bit of a ruckus climbing under these this fabric. Well, I don't want to I don't want to do it ruckusly. Is it it would I mean it, that's why you're going to roll a stealth check. Okay. 20. Not nap. Yeah, you sneak by. Uh you you wriggle your way in and you feel like you did a pretty good job of not making any noise. And you look in this this tent, it's it's not super huge, but it's not small. Again, it's probably about, you know, uh ten foot by ten foot square. Okay. So actually it's pretty big for a tent. Probably probably more like, you know, five by seven. Five by seven, um, okay. You see in it there's a bedroll. And there is a small frog-like creature about the size of a gnome. Okay. It has bright red skin, and it is sitting on a bedroll uh, on on sort of nearest to where you just wriggled through. Um, you look around the room, and there's there's you know a few burlap sacks that you would imagine are full of like food and provisions, uh, and Directly next to the bedroll, you see a leather pack. Okay. Pretty similar to what the one that was that Carcoon described to me. Yes. It's, uh, okay. It is the only pack you see. It looks to be bigger than what these frog people would uh, wear. Okay. You say it's next to the bedroll. Yes. So it's it's basically this frog is sort of sitting on this bedroll um, and next to him... Uh, like a foot or two away is this pack. What is this frog doing? Right now, he's just sort of, sort of sitting on on the bedroll. He's not really reading anything. You might imagine that he's sort of meditating or in prayer or something, but he, he's not doing too much. And you're sort of approaching from the back, so you can't see his front. Okay, so the so I'm approaching from so I see his back. And, yes. And the pack is on the other side of the bedroll or towards my side of the bedroll? So if you imagine a bed, you're sort of coming from the back of it. He's sitting in the middle of it, and to his right 
is the backpack. But is it on my... You have a clear path to it. Okay, that's all I need to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like getting to like, I'm like, this side or that side? I sneak up to the backpack and I do that. You're going to have to roll another stealth check. I do that. Okay. Oh, that is only an eight. Well, let's see what he rolls for perception. You rolled an eight total? Oh, yeah, I rolled an eight total. It did not roll well, but it still rolled a 12. So you begin padding forward on your soft cat paws toward the thing, and it sort of jerks its head up and then turns, and two beady little black eyes lock on you, and it just sort of tilts its head to the side and goes... I start licking myself. Just just doing cat stuff. I'm just a cat. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Roll me a deception check as a cat. Okay. Natural 20! Oh my gosh. For a total of, of 22. Um. Yeah, so I mean, it looks at you and it's like, you're just a cat. Why is there a cat in my tent? I have not seen a cat. It must have, you know, come from, you know, gotten out of somebody's house in the city and wandered out this far. <laughs> so it it sort of hunches down and looks at you. It leans its big red face and its beady <laughs> little eyes close to you. And it blinks a few times. And it, uh, it reaches <laughs> out a finger. And, and it sort of actually reaches out a hand. And it goes to pet you. Oh. What do you do? Do you let it pet you or not? I do the uh, stereotypical cat thing where it like retreats its head back into its shoulders as someone is mm-hmm. trying to pet it and it like reverse telescopes its head back like while sniffing at this guy's hand. Okay, well, he, he's he's trying to pet you, and unless you make some drastic evasive maneuvers, he's he's going to put his hand on you. Now, you know that Carhoon said these guys have poisonous hands. Their skin is poisonous, and you have reason to believe this, this thing may have never seen a house cat before. I avoid it, but not aggressively. Okay, uh, this will be fun. Roll a dexterity. Uh, you know what? Roll a dexterity. Yeah, roll a dexterity check as opposed to his dexterity check. I only rolled a seven, so you evade, evade its, it's a hand as you sort of dodge out of the way, out of the way. What do you do? Do you exit the tent? Do you just bounce over to a different area? Um, I literally just continue licking. Oh, wait, just a sec. Sorry. Frying pan, get down. Sorry. (laughs) Frying pan was on the counter. Um, I just reverse telescope my head back and kind of like, you know, when you meet a normal house cat that's not quite sure about you and it just kind of like darts its head around and it's just kind of still curious. It looks at you for a second and hold on. Well, I rolled a smiley face, so it, uh, it likes me. It is very curious. It it likes you. It thinks you are pleasing uh, to to be around and to see. So it stands up and it approaches you and it looks like it's going to try to pick you up. But it has owie hands. It does. I run under... But again, it's never seen a house cat before. (laughs) I run under its bedroll. Okay. I burrow under it. 
Burrow under its predator. Roll me another contested dexterity check. Nine. Oh my gosh, I rolled a natural one. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, you're rolling badly, but I'm rolling even worse. Yeah, we're both rolling pretty bad. Might need to switch out. Die. So it, you boom, scooch right between its legs and burrow under the bedroll. Now, what's your end game here? Because you're trying to get that pack, and it seems fascinated with you. Yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm not quite sure at this point. Um, I just don't want it to touch me with my two hit points and its poisonous <laughs> yes, hands. It, it very well so, may kill you instantly. I am trying to. Av- I was trying to sneak. Was then mm-hmm. trying to evade, and yes. very soon I might just turn into. Can I see the f- the entrance to this tent? You absolutely can. It's not a very large tent. Is there a flap over the entrance? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a, a canvas, you know, flap. Okay. Uh, it's sort of a slit down the center. You could easily push your way out. Okay. You know that on the other side of that, there's a campfire with another one of these grungs sitting down next to the fire, not probably about 10 or 15 feet away from the flat. Okay. And there are a group of three other grungs in bathing and the lake, and you're not sure how long they will be or when they will return. Three in the lake, and sorry, how many did you say by the fire? There's only one by the fire. One right by now. the fire, and one in there yep. with me. And one in there with you. Okay. Who has red skin. Which sounds bad. Sounds dangery owie. Well, you knew the one uh, sitting by the fire has green skin. Has what? Green skin. Which also sounds dangerously owie. They're all sort of brightly colored. They're all dangerously owie. <laughs> From my understanding of grungs. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what are you doing? You're currently under the bedroll and it it's pretty determined to to uh, pick you up and pet you and snoodle you. <laughs> oh, as anybody should when they see a kitty. Uh, well, again, I, I rolled my smiley face die, and if it had a relatively positive sign, it was just interested in hugging you, and if it was, had a, a angry sign, it was going to be like, oh, look, that's dinner. Uh, so you got the better of the two options It's there. like snuggles as opposed to dessert. Okay. Yes. Um... <laughs> what? That was an interesting noise you made there. It's my thinking sound. I am. What you gonna do? Oh my gosh. I really don't want to get into melee with these guys because I have this poison. I am going to. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's do this. Do it. Unwild shape underneath the bedroll. Okay. I'm going to cast Bark Skin on myself while I'm underneath the bedroll. Okay, well, if you're unwild shaping, I'm gonna, we're going to have to roll for initiative because you are turning into a person. Yes. So, let's do that then and roll me some initiative. Oh, hey now. I should get a surprise round. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you... I'll, I'll give you a surprise round, but that doesn't mean... That is an 11 for me. All right, it rolls. Red skin buddy rolls a... Ooh, pretty good. All right, um, so you have rolled 
initiative, and we are now in combat. Oh my uh, gosh! So okay. I will give you one. Yeah, I will give you one surprise round to do one one action as you uh, transform into your SMR form. How close to me is this big guy? Um, I mean, he's probably basically in melee range. This tent is small. I am going You're to. You're basically always in melee range in this tent. Hit him with my staff, having cast Shillelagh on it. Is Shillelagh a bonus action? Correct. Okay, then you are not casting Barkskin. Mm-hmm. That is what you said you wanted to do. Oh, that's but I true. will let you not do that. I will not cast Barkskin. Okay. I will hit this guy. Ooker dokers. Y- using Shillelagh instead. Okay, so you use your bonus action to cast Shillelagh. Your staff glows with a magical light, and then you swing at him. Roll me that hit, please. Only a 12. 12 is, oh, just a miss. Is it a miss? It is a miss. Okay. Um, and then I will uh, stand up, kind of like throwing the bedroll off of me, and I'll shout, Carhoon! Carhoon to me! You yell that? Yes. Well, okay. not like yet loudly. Like, I mean, I know he's on the other side of the tent. <laughs> loudly enough that Carhoon hears me, but not the froggies in the lake. Um, That's going to be a tall order there. You're going to be able to say it loud enough that both people are going to hear you, or you're not going to be able to, to say it at all. Let's say. Because they're both about equidistant from where you are, and they're both separated by a layer of fabric. I won't yell it then. Okay, uh, so it's you and Gr- this this red grung. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that ends surprise round. So it is its turn because it rolled pretty well. Uh, it reaches into its belt and pulls out a dagger and lunges at you, trying to stab you. Uh, it rolls a. All right, dice, come on, don't be don't be cruddy. <sighs> 13 to hit. That is a miss. I already know it's a miss. <laughs> I know what your AC is. <laughs> um, so it lunges at you and stabs, but you dodge deftly to the side. You did not shout, but as a free action, it is going to it is going to shout instead, and it yells out something in a language you don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You don't know what it said, but it has yelled, and you could imagine that... Uh, I hit it in the larynx. Well, it is... We'll say it's your turn. Am I... So what do you do? Can, can I grab the backpack? You can. You grab the backpack. I grab the backpack. Okay. I put it on my back above my backpack. Is okay. that a foreground action? I'm going to say grabbing a backpack and putting it on is enough to last six seconds, so yes. Okay. And then as my... Okay, that is all I do. Okay, do you do you move? I mean, I can't really move away with away from him without incurring an attack. You would take an attack, but you could just run. I'm just giving you your opportunity. Yeah, I'll if run. you like to stay there, you run? Yep. Okay, he is... Well, he, he will take a stab. Sounds good. Uh, so it attempts to stab at you. Oh my... Wait, no. That's a 15 to oh, hit. Oh, meets it, beats it. It deals you four points of piercing damage. Okay. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. 18. 
You pass yeah! as you feel uh, you you know that dagger was coated in poison mm-hmm. uh, as you manage to fight off the effects of it. All right, we're going to so you run out of the tent. Uh, you burst in at, uh, through the flaps and you see a green grung standing uh, in front of you near the fire. He is standing up and drawing its dagger um, and was about to enter the tent as well. Uh, after the thing yelled, you see Karun uh, behind the tent who is sort of entering forward with his great axe drawn. Okay. So we're going to start a new initiative order. Why don't you roll for Karhoon? Because I don't think you rolled for I him I did yet. not, yeah. Alright, so roll for him since he is entering potentially into combat. Okay, sounds good. Uh... Our pizza should be here any minute. <laughs> Yay! What is his... Dexterity. Just, just use dexterity. Okay. Yep. Okay, he is 16. Alright, so the uh, the red grung that was in the tent bursts out of the tent right behind you and begins to give chase. Did you run basically as far as you could? Yeah. Alright, so you you and Carhoon are basically at, at about the same spot. Uh, you've sort of rejoined him. And so the red grung bursts from the tent and begins to pursue you. And, oh, they are small, so they're actually not as fast. So he's about ten feet away mm-hmm. and cannot attack. But uh, the gr- Sorry, it's Carhoon's turn. It's Carhoon's turn? It is Carhoon's turn. All right, he is going to walk up and give the red frog person a big old wallop okay with roll that his great axe oh hot okay. dang that's only oh my gosh that is a nine to hit that is a mess oh my gosh well all right is that his turn that's his turn all right well the uh the green grung by the fire um he rushes up toward yeah, he's got enough movement to get up to you, so he rushes up to you, and he is going to stab at you with his little dagger. At me as an Octavia? At you as an Octavia. Uh-oh. So he rolls a 16 to hit. Ah, uh, that hits. He rolls six points of piercing damage. Okay. And you need to make another constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh-oh. That is only an 11. An 11? Oh, that is a fail. Uh-oh. You take five points of poison damage. Oh my gosh, that's intense. Yeah, it's a lot of poison. Okay. So you see Carhoon locked in combat with uh, this... this The green one. Red, no, the, the red grung. The, the green grung ran up to you. Okay. And hit you with a dagger that similarly poisoned you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, these guys have short, stubby little legs. You could outpace them if you wanted to, or you could stay here and kill them. But okay. as um, it comes to your turn, you begin to hear the sloshing of a nearby lake as uh, you would imagine the other three heard the cries of their leader and might be returning soon. So it is your turn before we jump back to the top of the initiative order. What do you do? How close am I to Carhoon? Um, he's probably about ten feet away. Not not too far. Um Both I Both of you are in melee with a different grung though. Okay. I 
shoot. Okay. So there are three more coming up. They just, there are three more. They dealt me a bunch of poison damage. So I am going to disengage. Okay. Use your action to disengage. Yeah. Yes. And as my move action, I'm going to rush over to Carhoon. And as a free action, I'm going to call. I ha- I have the pack. There is no need to continue hostilities. We must. We have to get out of here. Okay. So if that is your turn, so you have disengaged. Run toward the city. What? And yell. No, towards Carhoon. Sorry. Yes. And do Carhoon I? Carhoon s- is closer to the camp. Camp. I don't care. Okay. Um, do I? Can I still do a bonus action after disengaging? Yeah. All right. I'm going to then continue my free action and say, "Get on me and turn into a horse." Oh. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, it is the Red Grung's turn first. Uh, who is going to lash out at Carhoon before his turn? Uh, so he takes a stab with his digger. Dagobah. His digger bah. Uh, <laughs> that's only a 13 to hit. That misses. That's a big fat miss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he misses, uh, takes a sling at Carhoon as he deftly dodges past, and it is Carhoon's turn, who I'm guessing is going to hop on to your back. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, he, he is fine doing that. He sees that you have the pack. It transforms with you. Uh, he hops on up to your back. Okay. Um, so it is the green grung's turn. Okay. And it... Do you have your horse stats? I, I think it's going to take a stab at horse yeah. you. Yeah. Because it's like, what just happened? <laughs> I do have uh, my horse stats. Alright, so it rushes up to this horse and is going to stab at your back haunches. Okay. Ooh, it rolls pretty good. That's a th- 21 to Oh, get. hot dang. Obviously that hits. That oh no! A, uh, three points of piercing damage, okay. and your horse needs to make a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> okay, and I have the I use the horse's stats for this. You right? use the horse's Constitution, yes. Eleven. Oh, that is a fail. Oh, your horse takes. Your horse takes another four points of poison damage. Oh. All right. I winny. You winny. It is your turn now. Do you it run? Is, it's my turn? It is your turn. I dash 120 feet away. Okay, if you dash, you are going to take two opportunity attacks. Unless I, you can just disengage and run 60 feet, which I would still be a lot farther than I disengage and run. run 60 feet. All right, you do that. Uh, so you... You spend your time backing away, kicking up your heels, making sure they can't get some stabs <laughs> off, and then when you're clear, you broom, 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 mm-hmm. broom, start uh, galloping back toward the town, and you know that there's no way their tiny little feet can, uh, can <laughs> keep up with you, and you can hear them sort of shouting incoherently to you, because you don't understand their language, in the background. Um, so you gallop broom, 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 back toward the city walls, yes. seemingly safe. From danger. Mm-hmm. I continue galloping towards the walls. Okay. All right, so you, you get back up to the wall. Uh, you back up to the gate. Uh, the guards open it for you, assuming you wild shape back to the human being, or the ASMR that, that you should be. Yeah, once we get close enough. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, it, the guards see you and they open the gate and they let you back into the city. Okay. So you are there, Carhoon is there, and you have his pack. Yes. I imagine that both of us, I maintain my hold on the pack and I say, let us continue discussions once we have returned back to the shop. And we both wind our ways back to the mushroom cloud. Uh, he agrees, and he, he follows and goes with you. Okay, so you guys uh, wind your way through the dusky streets. It's You uh, camped out there for an hour or so, so it's pretty deep in the night. Uh, mm-hmm. There aren't any citizens roaming about the streets. All of the sort of candlelight from the houses has dimmed, and everything is quiet and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get back to the mushroom cloud and probably unlock the door and let yourself in, mm-hmm. Carhoon follows you. And I begrudgingly kind of, like, welcome him back into the shop. Thank you for your assistance. The pleasure was all mine, but apparently the goal was all of mine as well, because ostensibly this pack contains something belonging to me. And at that point, she kind of, you know, sloughs it off her back and presents it to him. He grabs it. Okay. uh, Takes it from you. And he flips it open and begins, uh, he reaches a hand and then starts sort of like shifting things around. You can hear various things rattling around as he moves things around and and takes a look to see if if everything that he left in there is still, in fact, in there. And after a, a few moments, he seems satisfied. And he looks up at you and he says says, yes, uh, we have retrieved everything in one piece. For that, I am very grateful. Uh, it is late. We can discuss now, if you wish, or we can rest and discuss things in the morning. You know I will not leave town. <laughs> Don't leave town. I had enough trouble giving, getting, getting in here. My time... Uh... I feel like now is as good a time as any, so why don't you tell me what you're really here for? He sort of walks up to the counter and he sets his pack on it. Mm-hmm. I am eyeing him. Walk up to the counter next to him. And he reaches into his pack and he pulls something out. It's a small parcel. It's sort of wrapped in cloth. And he unties the twine that is binding it and unfolds the cloth and he pulls out a amulet of, of sorts. It's a necklace. There's a uh, thin gold chain, and on the end hangs a pendant with sort of a gold mount, and hanging down off of it is sort of a... It doesn't look quite like a gemstone, but it's sort of a milky white droplet that's almost sort of shapeless um, that hangs on the end, and he extends it to you. And he says, this is, uh, this is what I brought for you. Please put it on and we shall see if I came all this way and if, if my coming all this way was worth it or if I have been lied to. Octavia will take the amulet in her hand, but she will not put it on. She'll look at it and, looking up at Carhoon, say, What is this? Where did you get this? And why do you think this is for me? I was told 
It was for the one touched by the gods. And I have come to believe that is you. Who told you this? I mean no tricks. If I had wanted to harm you or kill you, I've had plenty of opportunities. But... Still, how did you come by this amulet, and what is it supposed to do? He says, I will tell you everything, but please... And he, he, he even uh, reaches in his back, and he pulls the axe off his back, and he, he sets it on the counter and sort of slides it down to you, and he says, I mean you no harm, I, just, I merely... Please. And and he sort of nods, nods at the amulet again. I am most likely going to put it on. I would like you to tell me first, though, what you anticipate it doing once I put it on, before I put it on, so that I am not surprised. <sighs> to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what it's going to be doing. Ah, oh, there, we're getting somewhere. Honesty! I was told that I was to give this to ostensibly you, mm-hmm. and that I would know, that we would know, Who is if we? it was meant for you or not. Who is we? Well, you you, you and me. Oh, okay. We. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, there's a whole bigger conglomerate. <sighs> Can I do any sort of check... To kind you can do whatever check you want on this. Can I? You can throw it in his face and walk out the door. I could. Oh, but Octavia is curious. As many times as she's been a house cat, she has the curiosity of one. <laughs> so can I do some sort of like... I'm terrible at knowing the difference between uh, investigation and perception. Can I do one of these sorts of checks to even just see if it's giving off an aura of... Good of ill, something along those lines. You could roll an arcana check. Oh, I don't want to roll an arcana check because I'm or bad at Or a religion that. check, but that would be the appropriate check to roll. How about a three? Um, you're, you don't know. It looks like a pretty cool necklace, though. Kurhun, tell me again where you come from. I am a scholar from Elystria. And how long have you lived in Elystria? All my life. And how long has that been? 176 years. Surely you know of the orc raids that killed many of the humanoids and humans who lived in the forests surrounding Lystria. Says orcs killing people is not uncommon, unfortunately. So you can understand why I am suspect of those who would seem to hold humans as a lower life form than those of elves. I can. What happens if you put the amulet on? Uh, I've tried. I, I can do it for you now if you wish. I hand the amulet back to him. Uh, he takes it and he puts it on and nothing happens. And he says, it is not a trap as far as I know. Yeah, but it is not meant for me. As far as I can tell, it is meant for you. Does he hand it back to her? Uh, yeah, he takes it off and he extends it back again. <sighs> She'll put it on. Okay. Very trepidatiously. Sure. Uh, so you 
You unclasp the amulet and fasten it around your neck. I'm like um, eyeing him down this entire time. Sure. And as you do, you, you put it on and the sort of formless, shapeless, milky white blob that is affixed to the end of the pendant begins to... Begins to shift and shape and uh, sort of whirls around <laughs> and begins to take on a new shape, one that has a distinct shape, and, and it rearranges itself into the image, uh, sort of a, th- a three-dimensional sort of bust, if you will, of a, it's of a large panther or big cat's head. Mm a open mouth and then it sort of it makes this shape and then it settles down and stops and it uh, remains in that shape and uh, Carhoon's eyes get wide as he sees this what do you do what is this so what does this mean now Carhoon says oh, by the three it's true he says I wasn't sure I had to be sure that you are the one. I still don't know where I got this amulet from, but... It came to me... A few months ago. In a dream. I was visited by... Something. Something not from... This... World, not from this plane. But it... It appeared to me... As a... As a panther. Mm. A leopard. He came to me, and he spoke to me. Octavia just starts smiling, wryly. He told me that I was to come here, that I was to seek out the one touched by the gods. He told me that, uh, he told me that I was to find the one touched by the gods and that I was to escort her to the Chapel of Scales. Now, I'm not vastly familiar with these things, but as far as I know, such a place exists in the city of Montignon. And when I awoke from this dream, this amulet was upon my chest, and I knew that it would be the sign that I had found the right one. So I believe, Octavia, you and I, are destined for something, and that something lies in the Chapel of Scales in Montignon. Did this great beast who presented himself to you, or themself, did they give you a name? Carhoon says, he told me his name was Corastus. Figured he was that tricky little butt. Did did Octavia say that? Well, kind of. I'm like, as probably she nods because she knows him, and she understands this vision in a way that is almost unable that she's almost unable to explain to Carhoon. Um, this being that appeared to him has been part of her life since basically she can remember. And if he appeared to Carhoon, then how can he be lying? And if Carhoon knows his name, again, how can Carhoon be lying? 
So, who is Carastus? This is me, the Dungeon Master, asking, asking you to uh, explain. Yeah. So as an Asimar, Octavia has a interesting connection to to the gods. She is, in fact, a almost direct angelic descendant um, of of the gods. And in the land of Moir, Octavia has a connection to the god Absalon, who likes to take the form of great cats of the mountain, uh, bobcats uh, and, you know, snow leopards, these, these great beasts who find their place in the cold and in the heights. And um, as an Asimar, Octavia has a deva who has, ever since she was young, even before she knew what it was that she was seeing, who would appear in dreams and in visions to Octavia, most often taking the form of a almost lesser feline, uh, panthers and leopards, um, and other sorts of un- you know hum- you know untamed wild cats who would communicate with Octavia the the secrets almost of of the wild and of of nature and marrying those two together that's where Octavia found her abilities as a druid kind of coming forth from her connection to Absalon as an Asimar. Um, and this being that Carhoon is now saying that he communicated with through this dream vision is the very same Deva that has been Octavia's angelic guide ever since, oh, you know, before she can even know, probably when she was five, this being was in her dreams and part of her memories and even prior to that and since kind of more self you know, being more self-aware, she has realized what this being is and realized what she is as a being. And so seeing Carhoon know his name and having accurately described what he looks like and having described an experience with this deva that is similar to the experiences that Octavia has had with this deva without, you know, that having talked about it prior, it makes Octavia very much believe Carhoon. Well, Carhoon, he looks at you with an intensity in his eyes and he says, I did not know exactly what the dream meant when I had it, but I could feel the power of the three when, when he spoke to me. So, Octavia Sinclair, it appears that you and I are meant to journey to Montignon. But we will have to make that journey next episode. Ah! <laughs> no, that's too perfect! I want to go now! Well, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard in the past hour or so, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and be sure to give us a review and subscribe again on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app of choice. Uh, this is the best way for us to get visible and for people to join the fold 
um, and, and to join us on the adventure that we are about to undertake. So all of our atmosphere and music are provided by Sirenscape. So if you want to add the little something to your, uh, your weekly game, check them out at Sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-Scape.com. Thank you all for listening, and we hope to catch you next time.